Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. There's not a whole lot of news this week, but there is a whole lot of question block, which we'll be getting to right after some quick news. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and today I'm joined by Brian Altano. I like that you set the expectations right out the gate. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very smooth. <laughs> Appreciate it. Zachary Ryan. That's me. And then Tom Marks. Hello. Hi. So, like I said, there's not a whole lot of news, but I think the most interesting thing that I read about this week was a Nintendo Switch patent has been revealed 
and it's a touch pen attachment for Joy-Cons. What? And this patent was filed in June, and we just now learned of it. And it attaches to the Joy-Con, like, kind of, like, where you attach the wrist bit uh-huh. toes. I don't uh-huh. know. I lost mine. I don't even know what they're called. They just, like, don't exist to me. I think they're called wrist bits. Yeah, the wrist bits. Um, <laughs> the real ropes? <laughs> yeah, Delicious. and instead of it just being, there's a, a nub on the end that acts as a stylist. And it will interact when you're pressing a button or, or somewhat. So they show a picture and you're using the stylus. And if you press the button, the line that you're drawing will get thicker. And it also has rumble functionality. Ooh, I kind of dig that. Um, yeah, I did see a picture of that. And it seems like an obnoxiously large thing to use on a small touch screen. Yeah, because you have to hold the entire the Joy-Con. The whole Joy-Con. You're yeah. like holding it like a child holds a crayon where you're yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> Which is how, I mean, that's how I hold my crayons normally right. anyway, uh-huh. so it's fine for me. I think Just it's, a full <laughs> grip on it. Yeah. I'm drawing. This is... I, it, so could this mean uh, DS ports? Maybe DS ports. That would be um, good. You wouldn't need... Like that, you wouldn't need the button functionality if you're talking DS ports. Like, all you need is a stylus. Yeah. That sort of thing. This Maybe they're cooking up something different. But like, Nintendo couldn't on. sell you a new thing if they did that. True. That's, yeah. True. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Some people are saying that it might be, to, it might come out with the Switch Pro. I personally don't think they would be, it's just a periphery, right? It's just going to yeah. come out for but anything. Also, I mean, who's who's using the Switch to do art? You know what I mean? Like, I I guess you're you're doing a lot more art recently. Are you using an iPad to do that? Like, are are you just using like... I switch off between a sketchbook and an iPad with a iPencil. With an iPencil, yeah. Which is an equally... Apple pen, what's it called? Yeah, something. It's an equally stupidly cumbersome design. Like, to sync it at first, you have to plug it into your bottom of your iPad. Yeah. And that looks like caveman nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. So, there's definitely good ways to do it. I mean, I I think Nintendo did it for years. How do you sync a Pro Controller? Like, you plug it into the back of your Switch. I've never done that before, so I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I've seen you do that. (laughs) And to be fair, maybe maybe more people would do art with their Switch if there's a better way to do it. Yeah, I guess so. I love the drawing mechanisms on on the ds i used to play with that a ton when i was a kid so maybe they would just come out with a few like apps you can just draw stuff and share and it would very quickly become become r-rated and obscene and not children yeah Yeah, you could do the entirety of like jackbox on you know like drawful or something oh that would would be awesome they could bring back you draw the peripheral that tanked thq yeah Mm-hmm. forgot about that completely i think that's a deep cut yeah or you were touched yeah. Yeah. That's good. yeah. I mean that that's There's the biggest like that's the biggest thing, right? It's like give me all those Wario games that need a stylus to yeah. play. Like I'd I'd yeah. love to see any of those on Switch. I, I think Brian hit the nail on the head when he said DS ports, but like Tom was saying, like why all the extra functionality? I mean, I guess just because you you can. You well, know? There's, yeah. like, there's like an AR sensor in one of the Joy-Con that never gets used either, right? Like Nintendo likes making these things that are really technically cool and then just kind of don't get used a lot but when they yeah. get used they're used in very interesting ways right well, like that sensor is really nice for take a look at what it. they did with cardboard yeah exactly. i was gonna say like <laughs> last year alone they did ring fit and they did vr and and everything with labo before that it was sort of just like i had no idea that the controllers could even do that they're like yeah oh put tape on cardboard and all of a sudden you're a wizard and i'm like <laughs> on earth yeah, they figure out cool stuff. Someone's to do never read Harry Potter. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the, the keep it that way. The, the biggest takeaway from that, at least from kind of what we've just been talking about, is like probably this isn't the thing we can totally figure out just from a patent. Like they're gonna, if this is does have as much functionality as we think it is, they're probably gonna announce it. 
the game or yep. with something that kind of goes hand in hand with it. Well, and just because you patent something doesn't necessarily mean you put it in a production right. or put right. it into yeah. use. You know what I mean? Like they might secure that patent just to beat somebody else to the punch, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like just like to corner that market. Like, hey, we we might do something with this thing down the line, and we want to have this on board just in case we ever think up a use for something like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, they have a, like a long like, Nintendo has a long history of like obtuse drawings of weird alien boys sitting in front of like bizarre televisions interacting with controllers in ways that never actually materialize sure and they're like hey we're working on this thing that cuts your tv in half using your friend's hands and you're like what is that drawing and we spend like a whole nbc episode being like what is it and then it never happens sort of like that weird remember that that finger pulse sensor thing that they showed at e3 one year mm-hmm. the vitality uh, sensor the vitality yeah. sensor yeah speaking of deep cuts <laughs> no I mean, it, no, but they, you don't I guess, that? no, I don't. It was, it was like a thing that they check your pulse at, at yeah. the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And Nintendo was going to, well, I, the IR sensor in the Joy-Con can do that. Yeah. Which is weird because they have, they implemented that in ring fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if, at one point during, do you E3, know that it'll also take your temperature? What? <laughs> the no, Joy-Con? It, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, seriously? Yeah. You have to use it regularly though. <laughs> oh no. Zach. <laughs> Anyway, um, the Switch might be getting a stylus. Maybe we'll get scribble knots and not a thermometer. But hey, um, in other news... Don't put that there. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is kind of more of a PSA than hard news, but uh, Killer Queen Black is on sale for nine ninety nine, and they just launched eight-player local co-op. Damn, that is uh, a steal for yeah, that game. It's yep. a really, really fun arcade game. Um, I don't even know how to... It's weird to describe. It's like bug soccer. <laughs> yeah. So you're playing, you, you are, are, are on one screen and there's some platforming involved and you're either, you can either, I don't remember the terms, but if you're the queen, you're supposed to not die. And whoever right, kills so it's the opposing, like a, it's whoever like kills a, the opposing team's queen, five v five, the most five, wins. It's five v five in the arcade game. It's four v four in Killer Queen Black, okay. and it's kind of like if you know Joust, the old Joust yes. arcade game. Okay, it's like a much more complex, strategic version of Joust. Right. So there's there's multiple ways to win each round. It's you either kill the queen. So like people are, you know, your team of four, one person is the queen and she's on defense uh, or your team is on defense around her or gather the berries and put all the berries in like a little berry basket down in the corner. Hence my soccer comparison. And I think the third way is a full team elimination. No, the third way is a snail snail. That's what it is. Snail. Yes. And you have to ride it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can ride the snail to either side and that will also secure victory. But so like matches can go on forever or they can be super fast. Thank yeah. you for explaining that because I played it one time late night at a bar, so I wasn't completely not inebriated. <laughs> right. So I did not remember it as well as you both did. Yeah. It's a wild game. <laughs> it's one of those things where the first time you get into it, you sort of just don't understand what's going on because there's so many different things you could be doing. Um, but even then, it's just madness and fun. And it's really cool that there's an eight-player local now mm-hmm. um, because that sort of feels like the way that game has always meant to be played was as many people as you can right. playing it locally. Yeah. Uh, I... I I've only played it a few times on Switch, but when I live up the street from a pretty cool barcade, and when Killer Queen came to that barcade, like anybody that I could convince to go down there and play with me, like I would go down and play it for like weeks. It was so, so. It's a very good barcade, too. That is cool. Yeah. That's how it was at the bar, too. We were just playing with random people. If we didn't have enough people, we'd just bring them onto our team. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's super a fun, fun game. game, and for 10 bucks like that is yeah absolutely a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh. Think of how much money you'll save by not going to the barcade Pumping and spending quarters. quarters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, there also like 
soft news, but hey, the Pokemon the first movie remake is coming to Netflix on February 27th. This is like a 3D model remake of the very first Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Um, it's not Detective Pikachu quality. They kind of look like toy models. Have you guys they, seen? They do look really toyetic. Like yeah. they have a weird like plastic sheen to the character mm-hmm. design. Like I, I don't mind it. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying like this is so cool, and I've seen a lot of people saying like this is terrible. I don't like the way this yeah. looks. Yeah, I I think the expressions look a little stiff on the characters. Like they're not. There's not enough and as much emotion as there are in the actual animated series, but mm-hmm. I'm still excited to see it and it'll be on Netflix. So I don't have to pay anything to go watch it anyway. So I'm going to give yeah. it a shot. <laughs> Why not pay? I mean, I pay for Netflix, but you know, I'm going to have it anyway. So it's you fine. could still do account information from somebody else. Yeah. You could also do that, but don't listen to us. That's illegal guys. Is it? Though? Don't, don't, break the law you could listen to us a little bit it's a little bit of a crime we just keep giving terrible advice on this show tiny crimes are okay you can do a little bit of crime as a treat (laughs) everyone knows that as long as there's no no what victim if it's a victimless crime it's okay might be a small victim there would you download a car yes you you download a pokemon Pokemon? absolutely no wait i'm getting lost in this actually now no it's fine i shouldn't said anything would you steal a pokemon I know you would. What do you think I am? Team Rocket? <laughs> Very good. Very good. Really brought that one back around. <laughs> that was good. So there are some new games out this week. This year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was Kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I I was talking to Tom about this one, and it's probably one of the most frustrating things I've ever looked at on the eShop. This is Warriors Orochi 4 Ultimate, out on January 17th for $60. Uh, which is but, a Dynasty Warriors game, basically. And it's mm-hmm. a Dynasty Warriors crossover with Samurai Warriors. Yeah. And it has like the biggest roster of any of those games and some new features. And this Warriors Orochi 4 originally came out on other platforms, I think, last year. Came out, it came out in, on Switch 2 in 2018. Okay. Yeah. And then this is just the ultimate version, mm-hmm. which is actually coming out to Switch a month early. It's coming out to other platforms in February. But if you go to the official website, it doesn't say anything about the Switch version. Yeah. So for some reason, the Switch version <laughs> launched last week and is not being touted anywhere as having launched last week. Uh, and we don't know why, but it's out. Is or- it bad? No, I mean, it's got relatively positive reviews on Steam, the base game does. Um, so why are they hiding it? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like if it, it, Steam reviews what don't are reflect they what's, what's going on on Switch, right? So like, yeah. is the Switch port just bad and they I just mean, like slipped if, it out under the radar? If or? the Switch port was bad, why would they release it a month early? Is yeah. what I want. Like, I, it's a very interesting thing. I, and we checked like the Bandai Namco Twitter account and they didn't even tweet that it was out on Switch the day it launched. Like, it's a very Honestly, it's just kind of confusing thing. Could be a sneaky way to hide a crime. A small what crime? Did- that's okay, though? I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also looked at the eShop page, and there's six different listings for Warriors Orochi 4. What? There's yeah. Warriors Orochi 4, which is not available to purchase anymore. Okay, because there's Ultimate is out. Warriors Orochi 4, the Ultimate Upgrade Pack. Warriors Orochi 4, the Ultimate Upgrade Pack Deluxe Edition. Warriors Orochi 4 Deluxe Edition, Warriors Orochi 4 Ultimate, and Warriors Orochi 4 Ultimate Deluxe Edition. Tom is Tom, looking at his Switch heck? right now. He's not making this, this up. This entire franchise is predicates around being overwhelmed by dozens of the exact same characters. So this is on brand. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, Why? you're right. Maybe this is the Ultimate Dynasty Warriors game. It's all like different combinations of the base game, the deluxe version, the and Ultimate And it's all different upgrade. SKUs and prices? Like- yeah, it's all, it's all different things. It's wild. I guess yeah. just, just buy Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I'm confused. That's yeah, the I mean, yeah, <laughs> just not the 3DS version. Yeah, the 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 Switch version. Yes, and then you'll be fine. Or get Breath of the Wild. It's a better Zelda game. <laughs> I was actually just playing that last night, and man, it's a good game. Good game. I really figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Telltale's The Walking Dead season two and A New Frontier is also coming out on January 21st for fifteen dollars each. And it says here in your notes, Tom, that season one and the final season are already available. Yeah, season one and the final season were already available on Switch. So this is, as far as I understand it, means that Telltale's The Walking Dead 
is now complete on Switch. All of the seasons are on there. They not put, including the spinoff stuff. They put the first and the last season out, but not the middle season. They put the first season out a while ago, and then they put the final season out when it While it was out, releasing, yeah. And then they went back and put out these two now. It's odd. Yeah, so now if you played the first one and you were waiting to get the fourth one, this is the rest of the story. And there's still, still spinoffs of that, like the... Michonne, is that how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that spinoff, too, that's not on Switch yet, as far as I understand it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you now want to experience that whole, the whole main Telltale Walking Dead game, you can do that on Switch now. That's cool. cool. I, I really loved the first season, and then completely fell off the second season mm-hmm. after the first I, episode. I did the same. I think I finished the second season and enjoyed it, and then dipped out after that. But I'm, yeah. like, vaguely curious to go read up on how it all ended. Mm-hmm. I, the first one was really yeah. powerful. I yeah, love it's like my favorite game that year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love the first two seasons. I did not like the first season in that you couldn't invert your controls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my biggest complaint about that game. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to say it's like, oh, but it's a visual novel, Casey. Like you don't need that. Well, sometimes it's a visual novel, and all of a sudden you have to shoot a zombie. And right. when it does that suddenly, and you're like, oh my god, I have to shoot a zombie, and you're used and your to gun doing goes it. In- way up here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me multiple times. So yeah. uh, maybe they fixed that in the Switch version. I don't know. Maybe I should check. I should ask. Probably not. No. Well, Probably not. Thanks yeah. for thanks for ruining my hopes. Sorry. Well, same. Anyway, I played the first two seasons and then completely dropped off. I think there was a, a long time gap between the second and the third season. I, see, I believe you're right. Yeah. And I, when the third season came out, I was like, wow, I remembered literally nothing from the second season and told myself I'd go back and replay it, and then I never did. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was like super invested in that game because we yeah. had the voice actors from the entire cast of the first two seasons on Up at Noon regularly. Mm-hmm. And so like they would come through. I was really excited about where they were taking all of that. But like my interest in almost all things Walking Dead. No, all things Walking Dead. Mm. It totally cratered over time. Yeah. Well, now you can play it while you poop. Yeah. It's weird. That's on the messed Switch. up that you said that. Sorry. Small crime. <laughs> <laughs> So this one is out on uh, January 22nd, Soccer Tactics and Glory for $40, and it's basically Soccer XCOM. Yo! Tom is excited. <laughs> I'm like, so weirdly excited about stumbling <laughs> upon this this morning. A game came out today, as of the day that we filmed this, called Soccer Tactics and Glory, and yeah, it's basically Soccer XCOM. And but where do you hide? No, no, no. <laughs> it's like the soccer field is like a grid, and you move your dudes in turn-based soccer form, and then you play soccer turn-based on a grid. Can't imagine a game that I'd be less interested in. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> this game came out on, I was like totally ready to overlook it, and then I looked it up on Steam, and it came out a year and a half ago on Steam as Football Tactics and Glory, uh, and actually has like 2,000 positive. There it is. <laughs> Thanks to our friends in the UK. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like Pear would love this game. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. it. I've never played it. All I know is that it actually is pretty well liked on Steam and is a hilarious concept to me. So I just kept thinking about the soccer players like hiding behind like destructible walls and stuff, and I was like, that sounds interesting, but it's just a field. No, it's just yeah. a field. I think it's an interesting concept. I want to make very clear that this is soccer tactics and glory and not soccer tactics. And also glory. That's yeah, it's, true. It's, you're getting, it's, it's you're getting soccer, three comma, for the price of one and not yeah. two. I, I see. This is this is why the Oxford comma is vital to me because is it soccer <laughs> I, I tactics and glory or is it soccer tactics and glory? Right. Like, exactly. 
I think we can all agree that we do like glory. Sure. <laughs> it's the other words I'm it's not as interested in. It's the soccer that we're not super you jazzed guys, about. You guys like tactics? I do. I do now. Now that I've played one Fire Emblem game to completion, <laughs> I'm a big tactics boy. No. So. See, that's, that's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And not even. Just one path. So, yeah. Just one? Yeah. That's still, like, what? Like, 60 hours? You did 60 hours of tactics. You're good. You're fine. A lot of that was talking to school kids. If I was to rank (laughs) the words in this, in an IGN list, I would put number one is is glory. Number two, probably tactics. No, I think soccer. Mm -hmm. Uh, What? Yeah. I think I like soccer more than tactics, even though I don't like either. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to do an actual official IGN poll, and I guarantee you soccer will be last. Oh yeah! What? Yeah, not in the UK team though. Soccer is the most team, popular number sport one. in the world. Yeah, but at, at, at the IGN office? Oh, definitely not here. <laughs> yeah, are we, are we looping Joe and Cardi into this? Oh, for no. sure. Okay, football oh. manager, game of That'll the year every the year. Um, do you guys notice how it's a slow news week this week? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a blast. Uh, yeah, like we'll have tons of fun with Mosaic out on the 23rd for twenty dollars. It's uh, from the developer of Among the Sleep. This is I got to play this at E3 and it's okay. just like a really cool sort of very pretty visual novelty sort of thing. Just wanted to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. And um also what happened there? you're going to take off your jacket. I was going to take up? I was going to take off my jacket cuz it's getting kind of hot in here and then we cut to the two shot and I was like struggling and I was like I'm just going <laughs> to stop. You ever try to put on a jacket when you're on an airplane and you're sitting next to somebody? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah like, it's one it's of the, the worst, worst experiences. Yeah. yeah. Or like I get on the bus and it's full and I'm trying to take my jacket off because yep. I have a 40 minute hot bus ride ahead of me and then I'm just elbowing people in the face. It's fun. It's it reminds fun. me of this game that I love called uh, Jackets, Buses, and Glory. <laughs> <laughs> episode has gone wildly off the rails. Can you take your jacket off and not bother your neighbor? Because right. I can't. It's tough. <laughs> jackets, Buses, Tactics. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually, actually, you know what? A, a simulator of riding a bus in San Francisco without getting in a fight sounds like kind of a good game. Mm. Hey, mm-hmm. I think you should all appreciate this slow news week right now because I'm over on the other podcast and all we get to talk about is game delays. So things yeah, are going over, <laughs> going pretty well over here in Nintendo Town. Yeah. Go play that soccer game if you I want. I mean, you guys know Isabel just like one by one just went to the developers and just messed them up. I know. Yeah. If Animal Crossing has to stay put, don't move, baby. <laughs> Animal Crossing you. already moved. Its delay got yeah. out of the way, I yeah. think. Oh, you're a lot right. of the games that moved got delayed already, though. Yeah. Right. Cyberpunk's been delayed like six times. It's, this is going to be on its, what, fifth E3? <laughs> Cyberpunk's not a real video game until it comes out. That's what I say. Animal Crossing. Right. I feel that same way about Final Fantasy. Like, yeah. I don't Fair. believe that that game is actually real until it's like on my PlayStation. Because we've been thinking about that since, what, the PS3? Uh, yeah. It's been, yeah. Welcome to yeah. Beyond was, IGN's yeah. PlayStation podcast. <laughs> we digress. Hey, Final Fantasy VII <laughs> is available on the Nintendo Switch right now. Not the remake version, but that's fine. Um, so, yeah, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath HD is coming out on the 23rd. I know Perry's been playing this. I think he talked a bit about it last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it yes. last week. And it's finally here. Uh, you've been playing it also. No, no, no. It's just I kind of peeked over Perry's shoulder for a little while. It's oh, gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was our general consensus. Yeah. If you missed the show last week, I played the first few hours. Perry's been playing it. Like, uh, he really enjoys it, loves the, like, the kind of throwback feel to it. The remaster is really nice looking. I feel like it is a little bit 2005 for my taste this mm-hmm. day and age. Um, so I, you know, like I've probably dropped off of it. He's very into it. He's mm-hmm. a weird old German dude, though. Oh, he doesn't know about so. the soccer tactics game. No, yet. God, no. We're gonna game lose him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when we said port everything to Switch, yeah, everybody that was. Mm-hmm. Guess we're getting yeah. everything. Loving it. We're also on the on January twenty third. We're getting Speedrunners. Another port. Fifteen dollars. 
This is a like a, a speed platforming racing game where you have a grappling grappling hook, and it's uh, very popular on other platforms. It's just one to keep an eye out if you like platformers. Cool, sweet. Yeah. Ryan loves platformers. I do. Right. Is it procedurally generated? Question mark hesitance. I don't think so, but it's 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 a racing game. It's like a competitive platforming game. Oh. That's that very cool. interesting. And that's it's, why it's called Speedrunners. Yeah. It's a racer okay. <laughs> that the racing mode is platforming with a hook shot. I'm in. Yeah. I like cool. a lot of those words, unlike that other thing. All right. Now I would like to talk about what we're playing, and it seems like no one is playing anything because the section is blank except uh, for wait, that. Wait, wait. Which I want to go last. So start with somebody else, please. <laughs> I'll go okay. first. Go first, Tom. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna spoil everyone and just say what you have written no, down, no, but it's fine. Just saving it. Uh, I can see you just building it up right now. Um, uh, I've been playing a game that I can't talk about this week, but I'm going to be talking about next week for review. uh, And then I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire because I'm addicted. Yeah. I've also been playing a lot this weekend of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which I didn't think I was going to be able to devote as much time to, but I kind of fell a little bit in love with and have been playing a lot more than I thought I was going to. What do you specifically like so much about? Uh, I really like the aesthetic. I really like the combat. Um, and I really like this sort of wild J-pop world that it's built around. Yeah, uh, A lot of other things about it are bugging the heck out of me. The fact that it constantly sends you back to your base. Yeah. You're constantly leaving the dungeons to just like go back to the base and build a new weapon and then come back into the field. Like I don't think it is by any means the best JRPG I've ever played or anything, but like... The combat is so fun, that session mechanic of mm-hmm. chaining moves into other moves into other moves and, and figuring out enemies' weaknesses. Like, that stuff is all just really, really appealing to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging it. So, after playing it some more, I think I was finally able to truly articulate what I like and don't like about it. I think I like it for the same reason you do. I really enjoy the combat mechanism. I don't get bored doing it, and I feel like that's very rare for a turn-based RPG. But I don't like how easy the progression system is mm-hmm. it seems like the you are not spending hours in menus tinkering with your party members which is something that you do in like games like persona and fire emblem and even final fantasy or like disgaea like there's a ton of tinkering that goes on outside of the battles to optimize your teams and optimize your players and Tokyo Mara sessions just kind of does it for you you're choosing a weapon but to unlock that weapon just kind of happens naturally as you play yeah so there's really nothing to do outside of the the progression is basically just the numbers go yep yeah i skip the level up screen every single time a character Mm -hmm. levels up because it is completely irrelevant Mm -hmm. which numbers go up so you yeah i it's been so long since i played it there's not really you can't really steer characters in certain directions like oh i'd rather this person be more a magic user or this person be more of like an attacker you can really in like a really kind of surface level way right like if you give them a magic item then that'll change it a little bit but because since they can only equip one accessory and then mm-hmm. the weapon it's it's like casey's saying you really don't have a ton of control over it mm-hmm. you have little little ways but not enough that you can really overly influence the direction a character is going hmm, okay. and so it does feel kind of mm-hmm. on rails in that regard yeah th- which makes the fact that you have to constantly go back and micromanage all of these weapon things and they're getting their radiant unities and all that up it, it makes it just sort of tedious the fact that you're not you have to do all the busy work, but you don't get any of the control. Like that's mm-hmm. that I agree. That's really frustrating. I think so for me, it's disappointing because I like that functionality in JRPGs. On the other hand, I know there are plenty of people who freaking hate it and hate spending that much time yeah. in menus just to do good. Um, so I think this is a great introductory JRPG as long as you 
actually like anime. <laughs> it is very anime. Because it, it, it's kind of like, it's like a, a good introductory uh, lesson into like JRPG things and like, I was a little and whatnot. I was a little disappointed there was only Japanese voices. I, oh. yeah. I haven't, I, has, that hasn't actually bugged me that much in practice, but at the beginning I was kind of bummed. I'm a, I'm also a little bit bummed about that because they talk in battles, so they will say something in a battle that maybe would give you a clue on what's going on or how they're feeling or what the boss is doing. And since you, I don't speak Japanese, I have no idea what those clues are. Are there subtitles? No subtitles in the oh. battle. In the battle, there's no subtitles. It's just they're. So just you're saying, talking about like interstitial like dialogue? Yeah, yeah, it's just it's, it's just like, like in yeah. battle commentary. Like they'll be like, oh, "I don't feel so good," like in English, or like maybe try this. In yeah. but you can't. You don't know what it says. <laughs> That's weird. But, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I, I don't feel like, I, I don't know, like I, that doesn't bother me, like playing a game. Mm-hmm. In, like I played all of Sekiro in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I'm playing Yakuza right now and that game only has Japanese language tracks and like I think it's it makes sense where appropriate. Like you yeah. played Plague Tale last year. Yeah. I played that game in French because it's set in France. Yeah, like, I did the same. I feel like it makes those games feel more authentic. Mm-hmm. But when they leave out information like that, that's yeah. a little weird. And mm-hmm. that's, Even that's if it's contextual well. or like mm-hmm. additional, like that's a little strange. I had the same problem with, this is a really niche game, but Berserk and the Band of the Hawk was a Musou game based on an anime, and a lot of the story would happen while you were fighting, so people, they would be talking, and sure, subtitles would pop up, but it's an action game. I'm not going to, like, stop and read while I'm trying to kill and keep my combo up, like, with hordes of things attacking me. That just doesn't make any sense. So I, like, luckily I already knew the story, but for someone, if you didn't know, you would miss a lot if you didn't read the subtitles while playing the game. So I think in... In theory, I don't mind it, but sometimes in practice, it's annoying. That's too bad, too. Yeah. Berserk is sick. <laughs> is it? Yeah. What's your favorite part? Not, not the game, yeah. no, no, no. but like oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. manga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it is really, really cool, and the story is actually really interesting. Super, super dark, not safe for children. Don't watch it around that. Big influence uh, in Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, actually, a huge... Like People are saying that Dark Souls should just be a, bers- a Berserk game. game. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Uh, hey, Brian. Hey. What have you been playing? I've been playing Skellboy, but I don't think I can talk about it yet. It's okay. uh, from the studio that uh, made... The, so they're publishing this game. It's from a smaller studio, but it's from the studio that made uh, Slime Song. Oh, but wow. it's, hey, you love yeah, that game. Big fan yeah. of that. This is a very different game. Um, it is sort of like a third-person action-adventure game where uh, you walk around as a skeleton and you kill people and you steal their body parts and they give you sort of buffs and impact the way you interact with stuff. Pear described this game a while ago as Paper Zelda. Yeah. Like, as in Paper Mario, but for an, a slashy Zelda. I dig that. Yeah, I'm, I'm early. Yeah. 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 Not a bad I think, pitch. I think you guys will like it. Uh, I'm early, so I haven't gotten to any like meaty dungeon stuff. It's mostly been overworld so far, unless that's the dungeon itself. <laughs> Who knows? But, Just like uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot to love there, and uh, I hopefully can talk about it more pretty soon. Cool. So... Slime Song was very much like an 8-bit looking game. If this game is what Tom is saying that it is, I feel like that art style wouldn't work. What does it look like? I've not kind seen of, anything about it. It's but kind of voxely almost. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pixel art, but then the pixel art characters are little sort of 3D flat things. Like Paper Mario. Yeah. Like okay, Paper cool. Mario. Yeah. That sounds cool. What's it called again? Skellboy. Skellboy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be, uh, Per and I will definitely be talking about it more cool. soon on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have I been playing? I've been playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which we already talked about. Mm-hmm. More Slay the Spire, which we talk about every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon, which we talk about every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Smash this weekend. I played Mario Party. 
played Jackbox. A lot of stuff. By, oh, I am on the last battle of Fire Emblem. Yay! The, I'm, I think it's no the last one. Yay! Because it's kind of weird. What house are you in playing? I'm playing Golden Deer. Golden Deer. Okay, mm-hmm. what chapter are you in? 20, 21 spoilers, or no 22. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can't remember. I might be in 22. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I, have, I don't think that's spoiler. It's like, like it's been out for almost a year. <laughs> there's 22 chapters. Oh, no. You'd be surprised. Why would you tell yeah. me that? <laughs> but, um, there are deer in that game? <gasps> So I, I I asked because I think there are seventeen or eighteen chapters in the Black Eagle route. Okay. And the last, the final battle. So like I played on like Turbo Baby mode in that game. You know I did like all, no permadeath and also normal battle, not mm-hmm. not difficult or not hard. Um, and so honestly, like all of the battles. I feel like I, I, I won't say that I breezed through them because mm-hmm. I did occasionally like lose people and would like rewind to, you know, get people back in my, my fight or whatever. Um, but the last battle absolutely kicked my ass. Like it was so hard. Just like that game takes mm. just such a steep ramp, like in the okay. last two battles as well, well on see. my path. So um, I'm curious to see we'll what we'll come the back and talk about it next like. week. Yeah. Cause I finally, the fire emblem <laughs> post more that fans have been demanding. <laughs> it was this game was, was kind of challenging for me until about midway through. And then I got some heroes relics and a lot of them just can't die. I just put them out in the middle of the field yeah. and be like, all right, guys, hit me. Yeah. And then I just one shot everyone. Yeah. So, in my game, it was like Byleth, Petra and Edelgard just they were unstoppable like mm-hmm. you couldn't even scratch them like they would dodge and then counter and just destroy people yep. it was amazing yeah I have so I have Felix and his relic is a shield that sometimes yeah. makes it so he just doesn't take damage mm-hmm. and I made him a Lovely. sword master and gave him a sword that already has like a 50 crit rate so it's like okay so he can't get hit and then like 70% of the time he's gonna crit and one shot you like right okay <laughs> seems good yeah so it's just <laughs> I don't know. I I'm I'm not even over leveled. Yeah. Mm. But so it's it's really strange that I the beginning of the game was so much more difficult compared to the second half so far. We'll see how the la- that last battle goes. For me. You've been working your way through that game really slowly. Yeah. And isn't there something like really nice about playing something like over the course of like a long period of time? Yeah. Like, don't you? I I I think I finished Fire Emblem in like just under two months, mm-hmm. which is like pretty fast for a sixty hour game for me. Um, but I've been playing, uh, Dragon Quest 11, mm-hmm. you know, that, that game, I know I've talked about it here a number of times, but that game is, is built in like almost anime story arcs mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. you meet a character, you go on a quest with that character and then you're off to the next thing. You're off to the next town. And each of these arcs is like between one and three or four hours long. So it's nice. Like I won't play it for weeks, but then I'll sit down one weekend and play through one arc and be mm-hmm. like, great, that was awesome. And now I know where I'm going next. And like, there's something I think so nice about playing especially like a long game like fire Emblem or dragon quest over a long period of time because when you come back there's like a sense of familiarity mm-hmm. but also like you weirdly feel like you're getting to know those characters and yeah. those mechanics a lot so more. much better you know yeah. like it's i retain so much more information when i play things over a long oh yeah i'm same thing oh, with yeah. shows when i sit down and oh, watch totally. a show in one or two sittings i don't remember any like a month later I couldn't tell you anything about yeah. it. I'm like that with Netflix shows. Yeah. yeah it turns out binging is a bad word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. But I, yeah, when I binge, binge watch a show, I just don't retain any of it. I don't know anything. It's the same thing with video games. Yeah. I sit down and play 
just a ton of the video game in one or two sittings, I'm not going to remember anything a few yeah, months when later. Yeah, when you binge drink or binge eat, you black out and forget, <laughs> forget like, what I you're I ate doing. a whole cake last night. Yeah, and somehow we weaponize that word to be positive in the way we consume media, and I don't think that that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, one of my low-key resolutions is to be more... Uh, Eat more whole cakes by yourself? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Mm. Trying to pack on a few LBs. But, um, <laughs> no, just like be more constructive and be more critical about like how I ingest media mm-hmm. and try to space things out a little more. Cause like I, you know, I fall into the same trap with like Netflix shows and stuff. Like I, I just started watching season two of sex education, which is a fantastic show, but I watched the recap for this first season and was like, I didn't remember any of that. Yeah. Like, half of that. I maybe remembered from that show. Yep. Yeah. And it's because I watched the first season in like two days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about consuming media the way it was originally presented, like one episode of week. Cause you would watch it. Then you would have a conversation with people yeah. about what happened, what it means, what will happen. And that way it sticks with you a lot more than if you were just to watch the whole season and then never think about it ever again. Well, that's what yeah. was so much fun about most of the episodes of The Mandalorian, right? Was yep. that you, like it would air on a Friday and we would come in. Most of us watch it that morning because of the nature of IGN. <laughs> and we'd come in and talk about like, oh my God, this thing, what do you think this means? And so like you'd have those conversations in your mind going into that next episode. Like, oh, Brian said that this could mean X, Y, Z. And like right. that was, a, that payoff is so much more rewarding than being like, well, we'll just watch, we'll just find out right now. Yeah. I, I've like kind of always like said that I wish games sort of universally had a like previously on right. feature yeah. that could just be implemented from a system level where if you you went two months without playing Dragon Quest and you hop back in and you're like, Wait, where? I'm in the middle of a dungeon. Do I need to get a key? And they, they showed you like a quick recap, like just a speed up of like the last five hours you had played, like crunch down to 60 seconds or something. Ironically, Dragon Quest does do that. Yeah. Every time you quit out to the main menu and come back in, they give you a refresher on like the last two story arcs. I really love so, that. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a written thing that obviously is generated each time you log out and come back in. But it's like, it's so nice to be like, oh yeah, that was the last thing that I did. And that reminds me of the previous things that I did as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I think every Zelda game needs like an owl button. Yeah. Where the <laughs> owl can come in and just like explain to you why you're there, what you're doing. So and then you gone. can accidentally press a button that will tell you again. Yeah. It'll tell you again and again. Yeah. Did you not for sure remember to yes that, to no? And you're like, what? <laughs> X. <laughs> Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So Zach, I think it's time. Yeah. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of Dragon Quest. Okay. Um, but <laughs> a lot of build up there. No, uh, freaking Smash, baby. Mm. I've been playing so much Smash. That's literally been, what's written on the yes, page, too. I, I have been, I was like, fans of, longtime fans of the show will know that on the lead up to Smash, I was very like, nah, I don't know about it. Kind of the same way I was about Fire Emblem and also Pokemon. Um, so, well, I really only love Zelda and Mario. But um, <laughs> so, Smash came out. I played World of Light. I like got super into the online multiplayer. A lot of people were playing here in the office, and I like really enjoyed it, but was not very good at it and dropped off. Probably around the time that like all the DLC characters started to roll out. I did exactly. And so I've I've jumped back in here and there occasionally when you know somebody would be like, oh, you know, we need a fourth person. Do you want to play whatever? But I've in the last the game's been out for just over a year now, and I'd say in the last seven months I've played maybe a total of an hour or two hours of that Mm -hmm. game. Uh, This weekend, after all the announcements about um, Byleth coming to Smash, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't played in in a while. I should just 
pick up my sticks and see where I left off. And I played <clears throat> most of the weekend. Like I like any opportunity that I had 20 minutes, I booted it up and was playing. I played against my roommate a bunch. I played a bunch of online matches and like, I'm still so bad at this game. I'm awful at it. But I was like slowly working my way through classic mode and mm -hmm. bumping up the difficulty each time. That's how you and do like it. Getting a little bit better. And I've like, no kidding. I've decided that this year I want to get good at Smash. Like You're I want to find Evo. I, I want to find people that will like teach me how to be better at it. I want to find like communities online and, and here in San Francisco where I can like actually start getting good at it because like it's so fun and there's so much more content coming out. And like, it's like I, of anything that I've ever watched on Twitch, the only thing that I've ever really cared about is smash competitions. Right. Like I love to watch high level smash competitions. And I just want to understand what's happening at a fundamental level. And yeah, I don't know why it was like an epiphany this weekend. I was just like, Okay, I'm gonna get good at Smash. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I want to get good at, it. and I don't. I don't have any delusions of grandeur. Like I'm gonna be some like super competitive Evo guy. Yeah. No, but, but still, like, like yeah. I think that's so cool because that that game is sort of like intrinsically designed for that. Yeah. Where you can dip out for a while, and then they go, "Here's a reason to go back," and then you do, and you have this renaissance. It was like, like a weird snowball effect because I was playing, and then I was watching like tutorial videos and then I was playing and then I was like looking at other characters videos being like oh okay maybe I could do like this like it was weird and like I was texting my friend about it and she was like I'm a little worried about you because I've texted <laughs> you four times this weekend and you've only been playing Smash and I was like yeah that's true the the level of play in Smash can go so high yeah. like yeah. the ceiling of skill the skill ceiling there is just incredibly ridiculously high compared to like base level I don't even try like, to reach for it you know what I do when I play Smash with my friends? Because I had a friend coming out of town, uh, and we played Smash Bros. a bunch while he was staying with me. And the thing we do is items on, stage morph, so there's two stages, both stages random, and we do that thing where you can play five characters, and you randomly go into the next character, or you go oh, into nice. the next character, and we pick random five times. And then we randomize the order of them and Tom, we just go. No. So we don't know what characters we're playing. It's five different characters. It's two random stages. Items show. It's like that's how we play Smash. I, I don't know if any, anyone's if told you, but any it's not amount how you... of my time as a Smash expert has, has told me that's not how you get better at that game. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. Definitely not. <laughs> but you can but have fun. Way fun yeah. Right? Yeah. You can have fun. Yeah. I don't know. I I've, always, I've always been like an items on completely. And put all the insane switches on as much as possible. And I'm not saying that's the right way to play Smash. Probably that's okay. the wrong you know, way to play Smash. Do you know what the right way there, to play Smash is? However you however want you to. choose to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's exactly. no right way. But if you are trying to play to get better on a skill level. It's not that. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Um, man, so we... I wonder if I can pull up these articles again. Maybe I'll, I'll post them in the article. But we do have articles from... Uh, some of the top players in Smash in the world on how they set their controllers. Yeah, it's And really cool. they do it so differently from how I ever imagined it would have to be. And um, Emeka in our office, who was on here with his uh, Smash like fight stick before. Yeah, his weird flat. Yeah. yeah. If you I love that pad. He, he can yeah. help you get better. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, he's really good. I've been building up the courage to ask him to tutor me because... <laughs> He's, he's no. He's, he's like the sweetest guy. Just ask. Yeah. He'll do it for you. I just for know I'm gonna get my ass. I was gonna say. I just know I'm gonna get my ass whipped for like. Oh, you you will. That's how you get months. better. Yeah. And, and you, you know what? And you know what it'll say when he's done beating you up. I'm not even good. That's what it'll say. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, we we did a video series, Max Scoville and I, where we trained with like professional like Combo Fiend came through and talked. I remember about, that. Like, yeah. Street, Street Fighter, Fighter Five. Yeah. And it was like. 
we got quantifiably better at that game. Yeah. But we also got our asses kicked a lot. And yeah. it's just, it's part of it, you know? Yeah. I'm stoked to, to play more of it. It's I, cool. You know, like I, it also, in the same conversation that we were having earlier, it's also a perfect way for me to be like, okay, well, it's a slow year, like at least at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just play Smash and not yeah. worry about, yeah. you know, like, well, I'll probably I'll definitely play Animal Crossing, but yeah. So, so then play Animal Crossing next time. Mm-hmm. So then the next time you're at a party and everyone brings out Smash, you can be the winner every single time and feel really good about it and not gloat, but gloat internally. Mm-hmm. And that's you the can real also, reason you want to get good at Smash. You can be that like pretend bashful guy who's like oh gee smash you guys want to maybe bet a couple dollars i guess (laughs) and then just clean up there's only three things that i'm really looking for when i walk away from like a game of smash and that's soccer tactics and glory (laughs) money power respect uh no but i I put out there in the nvc uh facebook group um i asked uh if there was like an online community of nvc players that that regularly play and was kind of surprised to learn that there's not Mm -hmm. Um, and I talked to Casey about it a little and we might be cooking up like a discord or a, a little group to put together for NVC pa- fans to, um, to play, to play. Yeah. And learn and give each other tips and stuff like that. So, uh, if you're listening and that's something of interest to you, uh, jump in the Facebook group, find that post and we'll, we'll, yeah, let us know. I, uh, between the last time I spoke and now I somehow inhaled water into my nose. So cool. Uh, dealing with that right now <laughs> but hey let's start off on question block this Yay. Pl- we have a, a lot of questions and you know what we have like 20 whole minutes to get through them nice. so right here on. we go uh this one is from alan boone and this is actually from last week but i thought it was a really good question what's the ratio of gaming you do for work versus on your own time is that a fine line for you or is it more blurred oh wow Ooh. Uh, uh, I, I think I mostly play in my own time unless I'm working on a specific game or reviewing a game, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the big secret about IGN in general is that, well, unless you're Casey who works on wikis, <laughs> but like the majority of us don't, I spend 0% of my day at work playing games unless it's the one-off like, oh, you should check this out for 10 minutes. You right, know? right. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, had, I, had a, I have a PS4 hooked up at my desk. Um, and my, I bring my switch with me all the time, but Mm -hmm. it's incredibly rare that I get to sit down at work and play video games Mm -hmm. to the point that I almost feel guilty about it when I do it. Cause I'm like, I should be sending emails and writing scripts Mm -hmm. and shooting videos and all that stuff. But yeah, for me, I definitely, I don't, I don't have one of those, like I have a cartoon job. It's not real, (laughs) but it's not one. I do not get to like play video games at work all day, which is kind of a bummer uh i only put more than five hours into games i did not work on this year in two different games and that was fire emblem and slay the spire wow and other if i didn't work on it this year i did not put more than five hours into it because with wikis i'm putting 60 to 100 hours into every game i play for wikis like days gone was my second most played playstation game i (laughs) fortunately for you days gone was your game of the year last year i was uh. <laughs> let's not no, that's let's a long not. game yeah it's a very long game no I, I i i helped you out with the Link's awakening wiki and i was yeah. like oh i get it like, yeah yeah wikis wikis is definitely a bubble in that regard and that you mm-hmm. guys put in a crazy amount of effort and it really shows in the result but um it's yeah it's most people are not like just sitting at their desk playing games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It almost, it felt like doing like a cooking tutorial or like giving somebody yeah. directions 
to something that I had vague recollection of, of sort of just like I'm constantly taking notes as I'm enjoying something mm-hmm. and hoping that one doesn't cancel out the other. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And that's why it's, it's kind of difficult to speak critically on a game that I'm only playing for wikis, yeah. especially if you're doing the walkthrough for it. Cause that like, you're not even playing through the main quest line mm-hmm. while playing it. But, um, cause I think so- the issue is like, if you're, if you get too deep in the note taking, sometimes you forget you're enjoying the game and other times you enjoy the game so much that you forgot to write something down mm-hmm. or like screen cap something. Yep. And you're like, Oh no, I'll never find that seashell again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had a couple of follow-up questions for you, mm-hmm. Casey. So it, how often is it that you get to work on a wiki for a game that you're like, you did the monster hunter wiki, which mm-hmm. obviously you're like the monster hunter person. Yeah. So like how often is it that you get to choose what wikis you worked on based on your, your love for a franchise? Um, and then related to that, how often is it that you work on a wiki for a game that you like or like know and recognize is, is a good game, but it's ruined because you have to write the wiki and it's like, Ooh. Oh, this is like so much stuff, you know, like, um, pretty often for both, uh-huh. I'd say, um, I very often, like if you are an expert on a game, you've played a lot of them before you are a prime candidate to work on the wiki for it because you already kind of know, you know how to find doing. those items and yeah, yeah you already good, have background. Good secret it. here is never tell anyone you like anything because <laughs> you will become the expert of that thing. Right. But, um, according doing... to Dan Stapleton, you hate video games. Me? Yeah. Cause you're just, just flying under the radar for everything. Not yeah. ever asking nope. you to do anything. Nope. I can't, I can't actually, I don't think I legally can't review video games. <laughs> Probably I, not. I do yeah, like, but there's not a single star Wars, anything that goes through this office that doesn't go across your desk. That's true. So, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, um, as long as I'm not doing the walkthrough for those games, it's still easy to enjoy them by walkthrough. I mean like writing step-by-step instructions and tips for the entirety of the main storyline, which is what right. I did for Link's awakening. And when you're doing that, that's something you have to stop every 10 minutes and write stuff down or else you're going to forget oh did i make a left or a right or was that like and then you have it's just a mess so you kind of have to stop very consistently which kind of takes you out of the flow which is what video games are trying to get you in so it's just breaking the flow of enjoyment um whereas if i'm doing more of the featurey things and managing freelancers i can focus on just playing a ton uh, writing, I'm still writing notes, but not all the time. Like for example, for like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I needed to figure out the best ways to make money. So I would do things I thought would make me money and then record. This took me this long. This is how much money I made and then figuring out what's the most efficient that way. And that way I'm still getting to play the game without having to write stuff down all the time. Um, there's, which is there's, a more enjoyable way to work on a wiki for There's it. definitely been specific moments where I feel like I'm on the same page with the wiki teams in terms of how much we're enjoying a game, and then they go for the 100% completion, and we part. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that was great. I really like that game. And then I'm like, should I? I'm like, hey, Miranda, should I get all the collectibles in Rise of the Tomb Raider? And that's she's the like, one that I was going to point no, out. No, <laughs> don't do it. Like That's like, probably the most famous case is like, you know, Miranda really liked the first Tomb Raider reboot game and did the guide for Rise and like absolutely hates that game because some of those like collectibles took hours and hours of like painstaking searching through levels to find and it's just like and the payoff's yeah, a pretty like not easy way to it. ruin the game yeah uh, yeah yeah i think that's like there's that thing there's that simpsons thing of like the homer simpson gets that like six foot party sub yeah and, and he's, he's just eating, eating it yeah. and it's just like the same thing over and over again and he's like it's a great value by the end he's just like throwing it in the, it's like gray yeah and, and he's like food poisoned and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 <laughs> there's there's definitely that element i mean some people do want to get every last drop out of a video mm-hmm. game and that's important to do because 
because video games are expensive and it's a it's not a cheap hobby. But for some games, I don't think they're sort of inherently designed for that, and you do run the risk of burnout. And mm-hmm. if it's literally your job to sit there and take notes all day about like where a, a little golden collectible is in the back corner of some forest and Tomb Raider, and it also doesn't really pay off to anything that's just interesting. Like a big, I was going to say, you just end up oh, getting Brendan. a big golden turd. <laughs> well, I think in this, I know we're on this topic for a while, but this is the thing that, that I think is at the crux of this conversation is like when Miranda or Casey or Brandon are writing a guide and they can't find that fifth collectible or they can't find whatever, like they don't just go online to look it up. You know right. I mean, like they have to do that work. Like occasionally, I'm sure you can reach out to a publisher or a developer and be like, where, how? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but for the most part, like, you know, like people that when the game is out, we've already written a guide. So yeah. like that exists there. And, you know, I was, like, I was like, forget D- it. I'm just going to look this up. You know, like, I, I was yeah. DMing uh, Jake at GameSpot and being oh, like, yeah. where are these last, like, where's the last seashell? And he's like, it's here. Where is the last, like, tile for Dompe's, like, turd house or whatever? Yeah. And I was like, here. And we're just like, <laughs> Dompe's yeah. turd shack. Yeah. These, these are what are on paper competing outlets working together because we're like at our wits end. No, we, yeah. well, I, I did that some with, with Pokemon and Cali as well, like figuring out the weird evolution method. Yeah. Like I'll trade you my evolution method. If you show me your evolution. Yeah, method. exactly. Like, exactly. I, like, it gets, it gets crazy. Out. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But, um, gosh, what's the funny story about the publishers? Sometimes you reach out and be like, so how many collectibles are there? And they'll come back and be like, I don't know. <laughs> which has happened before so you gotta figure it out yeah it's yeah. A, it's that kind of thing where like i've been i remember like trying to find all the golden coins in like new super mario brothers for wii u or for switch and i was like late game and i was like where's the third one and i just like looked it up and an ign guide came up and i was like oh that's really helpful and I, I in my head i was like oh yeah i know the guy who wrote that and i know that that was probably a huge pain in the butt for him <laughs> like obviously yes there, there are way harder jobs in the world we're not yeah. we're not undermining that but uh yeah, there there is definitely that sort of crescendo where you go from like this is really fun mm-hmm. to man, this is kind of a pain. Yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the question, Alan. And I Zach. hope you enjoyed. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I did, no, I, I, did I hope sort of you all I'm enjoyed sorry. our tangents. Um, so this one is from Chad Hole, and he says, "I'm an old man gamer, 39. Like, that's not. Come on, man. That's not Chad that old. Hole. Chad Hole. Oh, Chad with two Hull. D's and then Hole. <laughs> what?" What did I say? Or Chad Hull. Chad. Listen. Apologies to Chad Hull and the entire Hull family. I'm sorry. I'm, what if someone's name actually is Chad Hull? Now My nine-year-old nephew yeah. got a switch over the holidays. What does Chad Hull ask? And this for fact, the love of God. And, and this fact has made me reassess how I feel about the console. Why isn't there an incognito sign in mode? He thinks anytime I'm online, I'm there solely to play Mario Kart with him, which isn't the truth, but I don't fault his reasoning considering his age. My friends don't always need to know when I'm online. Basically, Chad doesn't want everyone being able to see his online status and his library of games and asks, can this be addressed? I'd love to use your platform to have Nintendo address what I think is a serious problem. So there is you can totally do a that. way to address this. Yeah. So I brought, I actually brought my Switch so I can tell you the exact menus you need to go through to find it. So if you go to your page, your profile page, and you click it, and then you go down to user settings, and then go down to friends settings, then you can change who sees your online status and who sees your play activity, and you can change it to no one. Oh. Um, so that's how you do that, and I know that because you have to do that when you're playing games pre-release before they're out. Yep. Can you block specific people like Chad Hole's nephew? You can. You can <laughs> block. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There you go. 
So I hope that solved your problem, but he also has another problem that isn't solved. He says, lastly, couldn't there be a way to increase font size across all games? The Switch is full of text, heavy titles, and while my eyes are worse than most, it seems very obtuse to not be able to increase the font on a modern console. So there is a way to zoom in, but... I, but that zooms in the entire image. Yeah, it's not, it zooms yeah. in the entire image, and then you can't interact with it. You can only read it. I find it very obnoxious. Right. Um, and I agree. I wish there was a way to have bigger text, especially in games like Fire Emblem. I don't like playing Fire Emblem handheld because of that reason. I think yeah. the text is too small. This is just a, a consistent mm-hmm. problem yeah. with games Which is Switch. baffling to me. It's yeah. been and, consistent and it's, across every platform for like literal decades. It, yeah. You're right. It's not just Switch because I remember I was having problems with like God of War also it's on, like on PS4. It's like this text is mm-hmm. really small in some spots on there. I think it's just a, a consistent sort of thing as, as devs have to sort of... They have to, especially for cross, cross-platform games, they have to figure out, okay... The text needs to be the right size for somebody sitting on a 55-inch TV as the same as a 22-inch monitor, is the same as a 10-inch or 7-inch switch or whatever, and it needs to work across all those places, and that's really a hard thing to mm-hmm. dial in and also balance with the game looking good. But, I mean, think about think about a game like The Witcher or, you know, any Breath of the Wild where you can customize your HUD yeah. so mm-hmm. much. Like, why isn't there just a toggle that's like one to five, you know, two is the default. Okay, well, I'm half blind. I want to crank this up to five and right, make sure that right. I can see big ass font. Like, and that's, know? and that's exactly it is there just needs to, it just needs, we need those settings more consistently across games. I completely agree. It's just an accessibility thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I you mean? Know, like it's interesting. We, um, when, when, when we had a kid, we started putting subtitles on TV more because we'd be in the middle of a movie. And, and like, now she knows yeah. how to read. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and like our daughter would start crying. We'd be like, we missed the scene. We're like sleep training her, stuff like that. And so like I started noticing that the UI and a bunch of different streaming apps have totally inconsistent subtitle. Uh-huh. And so some of them is just like a default like HBO Go is just a default giant ugly text. But at other ones, I think Amazon Prime lets you customize mm-hmm. the like font and the size and if you want a bar or like uh, underneath, like what kind of what kind of like the overlay looks like. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I wish game systems would just steal that. Mm-hmm. I know that's not under like it's not easy to do, but I really wish yeah. that's something that could get fixed. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wish some of my TV apps actually had subtitles at all, like Funimation. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this one is from Jeffrey Klein, and he says, "What is one thing you'd like to see change in the sequel to Breath of the Wild?" Dungeons. Dungeons. I think honestly, that's the top of my list too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I just want more expanded stuff like that, and no more motion control hammers. That's my new answer. No more motion control hammers. Yeah. I don't want any tilty ball puzzles. I got really fired up about either. that. No more tilty ball puzzles. Yeah. And do some more magics. No, I, I totally agree. Some is more expanded dungeons. All right. Well, that's a definitive answer from your NVC cast. More dungeons. Uh, this one is from Taylor Hemphill, and he says, what long-forgotten Nintendo franchise needs a Switch revival? Metroid. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not long-forgotten. Yeah. Yes, it is. What about well, Golden Sun? That's a... Golden Sun is good, but, like, honestly, I just, I just want Metroid. Exactly. Yeah. Does it have to be Nintendo First Party? No. Clay Fighters. I don't Ugh, know what that is. What? Wrong. <laughs> Get beat You're it. burn your wish on that? How about Clay Mates? What is no. that? What, what are about those? Plock? I'm just going for Clay Games now. Why? I don't know. What about Croc? 
Oh, uh, we need a celebrity deathmatch game on the Switch. Ugh. There we go. You guys are really, I feel like if a genie was Play. here, he'd be crying. You guys are burning wishes. <laughs> what about that game? The monkey Wait. paw just jumps up. Yeah. Right. You, like. Wait, you, know what, you know what's actually uh, a game that I would love to see a sequel of in the F-Zero? That We haven't seen that That's one in a, a while. One. It's better than Clay Carr or whatever I was going to go with Billy Hatcher. <laughs> Billy Hatcher Ooh, good. Yeah, Billy Hatcher. Brian, why do you look Brian so disappointed so You like bad. Billy Hatcher. I don't like Billy Hatcher. Nobody do, do, actually do, do, likes Billy Hatcher. Do, 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 do. That's not a memorable song. You made that up. <laughs> no, that's the Billy Hatcher song. <laughs> no, it's not. Brian has a it. Billy Hatcher tramp stamp. <laughs> I do. It's an egg hatching into my box. No, I love that game. You're right. Billy Hatcher is the definitive answer. How was that it? Thank you. No, it's f You heard it here first. <laughs> Billy Hatcher. Get out of here, Billy Hatcher. You should ask this next one. Um, I don't. Oh, um, so disappointed. I don't. I didn't get an answer from from Pear about this. I, well, we can guess. Okay. Uh, this is Diffin or Diffin Lewis. Did Pear ever try out Earthbound sixty four? Yes. Yes. He probably reviewed it. Yeah. Dude, he did? seventy years old. He definitely reviewed that mm-hmm. game. What's up, Pear? Is this? Is <laughs> this? Do you, this think he Do you think he played it? I I did slack him, but I don't think he responded to me. No. I'm checking. No. Okay. So I that's think, three yeses and a no. I think no. Oh, because oh I he think did. He did. Brag a lot more. He about says it. it was watchable and not playable. I got to see it running, but not touch. There we go. There it is. I think. I think if he got to play Earthbound 64, you would hear we that would at least twice a week. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I played yeah, Earthbound well. 64. Hmm. <laughs> that's exactly what Pear sounds like. No offense, Pear. <laughs> I, I definitely meant that to offend him. If you, no, not that. He, he was offending you. I was not. <laughs> he would have been here to back me up and shutting down that Billy Hatcher <laughs> back there. What was that about? Pear has Billy yeah. Hatcher tattooed in old ass English across his chest, so no, he wouldn't have. <laughs> okay, I want to skip this next question real quick for a okay. super easy question from Phil Mansfield. He says, "Tea time with Byleth or curry with hop?" Oh, what tea time of, with tea time with Byleth. Yeah, come on. What kind of question is that? Yeah. Tea time with Byleth. Is Much that more interesting it? character. Tom, why do you look like you're deep in thought? Here's Byleth is a child who is annoying. No, Hop is. Hop is a child. Or, I'm sorry. Annoying. Yeah, Hop is a child who is annoying. And Byleth can be a very attractive man or woman you, that you, you can wanted, have tea with. You wanted like a, a quick demigod. answer. And I was thinking about like, well, if I was with Hop, then I would be in the Pokemon world. Does uh, that mean I get a Pokemon too? It's probably okay, tea time. Okay, don't think that deep. Okay, tea It's time. just meal. Do you're not going to the world. with Byleth? Third option. With Eggs with Billy Hatch. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Perfect. Show him my tattoo. <laughs> Eggs, you think that was weird. And glory. <gasps> get kicked Beautiful. out of that restaurant. Delicious. <laughs> We're getting trash at a Denny's. I do prefer curry over tea. But anyway, uh, this one is from Brian Lingen Walter, and uh, he asked, "What additions to the current Switch dashboard would you like to see?" Themes. Yeah. Because we still just have black and white, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually got surprised when Casey pulled up her Switch because it was the white theme. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about right. that. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. Honestly, Mine's more, on, like, more than mode. themes, I still just want a way to customize the things that show up on the front without having to, like, mm-hmm. yeah. re-up. the Because it's always the most recent. And then yeah. when you get into the larger list, you can sort them. But I'd really love a way to just Folders. pin some games to yeah. the front Folders of Folders would yeah. be good. I also want, I want to be able to push down games that aren't installed. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes you'll archive a game but keep the icon there because right. you're like, oh, I want to remember I have that so I can re-download it someday, but I don't want it to take up space. Well, and you have yours in like the massive layout, right? Like yeah. yours isn't the, the line, right? Yep. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. I um, I have a friend who he has a she's almost two year old daughter, and he started arranging his PlayStation games in folders based on games that can pause and ba- games that I don't you were in two about different the baby. folders. I was like that's a very smart baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so um, if so, like one is called AJ Safe and one is not AJ. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's oh, these can pause. So 
maybe the Switch could have something like that. Mm-hmm. So you can do those type of things. Do you remember how the folders? Do you remember how insane your 3DS home screen got once you started playing <laughs> that? Yeah. What was that? What was the name of that game where you went into? It was like a like a crane machine with that psychotic psychotic rabbit. Oh god! And you would put stickers all over your. Sc- but I don't. I don't. Remember I'm totally that, forgetting yeah. the name of that. Wait. It was in a first party app. Okay. Made yeah. by Nintendo, mm-hmm. where they would constantly put in new sticker th- sets and themes, and they would give you free coins and plays every day. And by going in and dropping a crane, you could catch like Zelda stickers and put them on your 3DS home screen. And my 3DS home screen was just absolute badge, badge arcade. arcade. There it is. Arcade. Badge arcade was it, like it, your your screen by the end was absolute nonsense. <laughs> it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I want something like that. I want more customization options. Nonsense. Yeah. The top. Okay, the second top search term when you type in... <laughs> so when you search 3DS Crane Game, it just says, wow, F the claw machine. <laughs> so, nice. Original working title of that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's an easy one from Albert Johnson. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Pancakes. Waffles. Pancakes. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I like how a waffle will trap the syrup in the little squares. Yeah. I do nice. like Belgian waffles. Belgian mm-hmm. waffles are nice. Like, you go to a hotel and, and you get the big fluffy waffles. Those are the only acceptable kind of waffles. I had Belgian waffles in Belgium last year, <gasps> and I get it. I totally get it. You know, Actually, I might change my answer to those. I thought I thought there was a question we weren't going to be able to get off track on, but man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, was, I, mean, I right. was about to tell a story that was like also really off track, but I... Well, just, guys, the most popular thread you. on our NBC podcast forums is how McDonald's black coffee is better, and now there's a whole argument over which is better, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Waffle House, Starbucks. Where did we go? What just Folks, happened? Folks, dream bigger, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, but where, find where a, is the best I don't coffee? want to sound like a hipster, but find a, like a local important. roaster in your town. Mm. Good right. God. You go to the Grimace for your coffee? What are you, nuts? <laughs> the Grimace. <laughs> All right, a I wizard. Got this coffee from the hamburger. <laughs> we got a wizard question? Yeah. Hell yeah. We got a wizard. I'm, I'm making this up on the spot. A wizard shows up and offers to give you a switch and a free coffee to drink while you're playing your switch. Which coffee place do you go to to get Whoa, coffee? Whoa, wait. Oh, no. I feel like I got tricked by this wizard. <laughs> talking about a chain or are you talking about like like a... No. Don't answer chain. it. Don't answer it. Okay. Like in the okay. Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Waffle Bills House. Bill's is a chain. Bills. They make really good stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. With a Z. Phil's is the coffee of choice. NBC, you heard it here first. I'm so excited for a wizard question. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. We haven't had wizard questions in a long time. What happened? Have you ever had you know what's going to happen next week? A flood of wizard questions. <laughs> Have you ever had their mint mojito? Yes. It's oh my good. God. That is. Yeah. Mint mojito? Yeah. At yeah. Phil's? It's a coffee. It's, like, it's like an iced nice coffee. coffee. They put yeah. fresh mint sprigs in. That sounds very tasty. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, this one is from <laughs> Eric Malara, and he says, What are your favorite memories of the 3DS since it's probably dead now? Badge Arcade. Badge Arcade. Um, I mean, I I think that the the two Zelda uh, remasters and the, like there those I know you have feelings about Majora's Mask. It's, it's um, still pretty on the DS. Uh, I think that they're the definitive ways to play two of the best Zelda games, and then also. Link Between Worlds is like one of my favorite games yeah, to, ever made. To piggyback on that, the uh, 3DS quietly became this amazing Zelda machine. Yeah. It had both of the Oracle and Seasons games. Yep. It had Link's Awakening. It had Zelda 1, Zelda you know 2. What? I think that's honestly what I miss the most about the 3DS is the 3DS shop. Yeah. There so, I mean, a lot of those games are readily available elsewhere now, but mm-hmm. at the time it was like so many of those games weren't available anywhere except on the 3DS. And I got to go back through and play like Earthbound on 3DS before it was available anywhere. Yep. Um, both the Oracle games. Yeah. 
I would regularly spend because they were like two ninety nine, three ninety nine to yeah. buy Game Boy and Game Boy Color games. And I was like, I played these when this game la- when this thing launched, and I, I was a child and I don't remember it. And I dropped three bucks and be playing Alleyway or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is super cool to just have this option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really miss that. Man, I had. This guy over Tom doesn't miss anything I have, about the 3DS. I have two memories. First memory, 3DS is playing. Um, <laughs> I was playing a Monster Hunter game on the 3DS, and we we're in a Delk Taco in Orlando at like two o'clock in the morning, and we we're fighting a Rathian, and I got a Rathian plate, and then I got another Rathian plate in the reward screen, and I was so excited that I like while yelled you were out getting loud, a taco plate. I no, I was in Del Taco. Like yeah. we were just like, yeah, we were sitting yeah in a fast food restaurant, and I just got super excited. About playing Monster Hunter at two o'clock in the morning in Del yep. Taco. <laughs> uh, I really liked Street Pass for a while there. Yeah, Street Pass. Like, is cool. I think I got burned out on it because I did the same loop through Me Hat Finder or whatever it was called. Remember that little RPG where you kept fighting that purple man, kept stealing yourself with a wig or whatever it was. That was weird. It was very weird. Uh, the funny thing about Street Pass was like the first year that I went to E3 with IGN was 2015. So by that point, like it was already sort of a, a done deal. But uh, I took my my 3DS because Goldfarb told me that like, oh, you'll street pass with crazy people at yeah. E3. And so like, you know, I street passed like all these like industry legends that were there and had their 3DS too. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. I remember like walking by the Nintendo booth with like my 3DS hanging out of my back pocket being like, Miyamoto, Miyamoto. And I got him. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That was super cool. But they would also like beam, they would beam famous Nintendo people to your, to your phone or your 3DS too. That was a good time. I, I have kind of a weird one. I, I was just checking the date of this because I couldn't remember. I went to my very, very, very first E3 ever when I was still a freshman in college mm-hmm. was uh, the year that they had the 3DS playable, and I went to the Nintendo conference. That was the only conference I went to that year, and I got to play the 3DS Sick. in the then Nokia Live Theater cool. at that Nintendo conference, and it was like a moment in my life where I, like, at that point I didn't even think I was going to go through like, was that the year that they were chained coverage. to the ladies, or was that the DS? Both, both were at times remember. chained to ladies, which is a very weird thing looking back. I don't remember them being chained. I just remember them being att- like people with them, and maybe I just blocked that part out of my memory. <laughs> chained Goodness. is a strong word, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's also the word yeah. to describe it. Yeah, yeah. I remember well, playing... thanks for stealing that special moment for me. Aww. That's okay. Did any of you guys play the... I did that. That's my fault. Did any of you guys go to the E3 that had the Wii U's upstairs that had the no. Zelda tech demo running no. with this big spider? Mm-mm. And you could move the camera. Like, you couldn't actually really I was, play it. I saw the, Which the year demo? was that? I want to say... Would have been before, it would have been before 2011, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah, yeah maybe 2011, maybe 2010. Because the Wii came out in 2012, right? I went to the. It was announced in 2011. I remember that much. Yeah. It, I went to E3 2010 and covered it. And then I wasn't working for the same website in 2011. But for some reason, I was still on Nintendo's mailing list. So they still sent me an invite to their E3 press conference. Cool. And since I was living in LA at the time, I just went to their E3 press conference and then bailed and didn't go to the rest of E3 yeah. in 2011. Right. And it was kind that's of weird. I was going to say, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So I got to play Skyward Sword at that press conference and then never went back. <laughs> <laughs> Those are 3DS memories. Now, yeah. I want to do one more question because okay. um, this uh, um, this person writes into us often, and we very rarely get to his questions, and I want to point this out. So this one is from Marshall Goodick, uh, Gordick. 
Sorry. He says, my name is Marshall Gordick, and I'm proud to have autism. Do you hate Metroid Other M? As a Metroid autistic fan, it's very disrespectful to me when people say Other M almost killed Metroid. While it may not be a classic, there's a lot of Other M that I loved and liked about it that Sakamoto would bring over to Samus Returns. While I do agree that the script and story could have been better, it's not Sonic 06. <laughs> I believe no, there's nothing wrong with Samus, Samus having PTSD or being on the autism spectrum, and I believe that in order to raise awareness on a series that needs help, Other M deserves a second chance on Nintendo Switch. And technically, why not? Also, why not have a Metroid Prime Saga collection, including Prime, Pinball, Hunters, Echoes, Corruption, and Federation Force on Switch? Ooh, you lost me with that last one. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that last one, Federation Force, I think, reminded us all that Other M wasn't as bad as we thought because there were new lows to, to achieve. <laughs> um, I, I think that like the issue with Other M is not necessarily the gameplay, although it's very disjointed. I, I don't think it ever really gelled of going from first person pointer to like sort of 2D platformer yeah. side scroller, but yeah. with 3D like controls. Um, I think that it was narratively like they kind of butchered Samus as a character and they, yeah. they like they withheld all of her cool powers because like some dumb man couldn't let her and use it, her guns. Yeah, I was going to say it has nothing to do with. PTSD or, or being on an, any sort of spectrum um, that the reason that that story doesn't, and I'm another M apologist. I actually like the game itself. I just, the story is like the thing that ruins it for me is the fact that it, Samus has always been like this lone wolf, uh, very independent operator. And in this game, she's totally beholden to a bunch of characters that we never met or, yep. well, I guess we knew some of them from zero mission, mm-hmm. but like, it just seemed her actions and the way that the story cast her seemed so out of character that it like ruined the sort of like badass like lone wolf approach that I've always had in my head canon for that. No, character. totally. So, like I think yeah. Metroid Prime Three and Fusion are classic Metroid games. I think they're awesome games. I would love if every non Samus person in those games were completely I, gutted. I said zero mission, but I did mean. Fusion. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Fusion has like that guy who's constantly texting right. you and he's yeah. calling you and stuff like that. And Three has. You know, they, they gift him. There's that one guy with the helmet that pops up and down. Yeah. There's like a whole bunch of dudes that are hanging around waiting for you to go get yeah. stuff there, done. There's that whole like team of, yeah. Yeah. I think that loses the whole sort of like lone dystopian bounty hunter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Like I don't think it's a, a catastrophic failure. Um, so, and would I play it again if it came to the Switch? Like 100%. Oh yeah. Because I feel like oftentimes I think it goes one of two ways. Time is either really kind to games that you dislike where you go back to it and you're like, Oh, actually this isn't as bad as I remember it. Or it's the opposite. And you go back to it and you're like, Oh yes, this is much worse. than I Well, yeah, yeah. It's also the, I I would say that the absence of the prime franchise returning in any meaningful way for the last, what feels like 20 years at this point would make me appreciate a game like this more, Mm. you know, like, cause I I know that like this game came out at the, at a time where I was like, this is not where I want the series to go, but we haven't had a true installment in the series aside from the 3ds remake of the, the Game Boy game in so long that I would totally revisit this. I think a lot of the same stuff would still annoy me, but I'd find new stuff that I liked. If they put it on the Switch and allowed you to switch perspectives by pressing a button and then use like dual sh- dual stick controls as yep. opposed to motion controls, I think it would totally work. Yeah, I think that that in- intrinsically would make it immediately better than playing the entire game of the Wii mode. Mm-hmm. The other thing I'll, I'll say to this is that uh, Marshall, if you took something from this or saw like that like or kind of like saw yourself in part of this character or this story like that's awesome right Mm -hmm. like we no matter what we think about the game like nothing can take that away from you and it's really great and cool that that that's something you got out of this that honestly i didn't even 
think about coming from my perspective. Totally. Like that's really, really great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and to, to your point also, like I don't think that there are enough games that deal with autism in a respectful and interesting way out there, right? Like that's mm-hmm. totally a space that could be respectfully explored in games more. And, and it's kind of a bummer that it's not. But at the same time, I think we are sort of shifting towards people talking about mental health in a more kind of open way mm-hmm. and talking about different things like this in, in ways that are not um, just sort of tokening them. And so that, yeah, I, I think there's always hope for that. Uh, as for Metroid Prime Saga Collection, let's just get the trilogy out, man. Let's worry about that yeah. first. Let's, let's. I think I, I think that, that like this is the Saga Collection is, there's just too much money to be made there selling those pieces independently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, given Nintendo's proclivity to like reissue stuff, but not necessarily put them in bundles. Like, you know, like they'll put out wind waker and twilight princess on the Wii U, but they would never put those two games together. Right. Like it's just, there's just too much money to be made there because of people like us. And I assume you that are like, "Eh, I'll just buy them all again. Yep. I mean, I really dug pinball. I was totally, me too. I like pinball a lot. Um, hunters is an interesting one because so much of that pivots around the the online functionality and stylus stylus, controls at the time. It's also a weird game because you go to planets, fight bosses, destroy the planet and leave and then go back to it. Mm -hmm. Like there's cutscenes where you watch an entire planet blow up and then Samus is like, Oh crap, I forgot my socks and you fly back. (laughs) Very odd. Do you think the socks are made of metal? I hope so. Me too. So hey guys, thank you so much for being on NBC this week. Super appreciate it. And super appreciate all of you the audience and listeners for sending in your questions. We gather these questions from nvc at IGN.com, our email address, and also on the NVC podcast Facebook forums. Uh, so if you want to send your questions to us, you can use either of those avenues. And uh, I actually read like 99% of what is sent to that email and what is asked on question block. So if you really want your uh, question to be asked, just keep sending it and I'll eventually, we'll eventually get to it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. Um, remember, you can watch or listen to NVC Every Thursday at 3 p.m. PT, either on your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify or Apple or YouTube or IGN.com. And we're, we're trying to figure out what's going on with Apple iTunes. So sorry for that coming out late last week. Yeah, we're, we're going to there. fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is the only place you can get, get the thing. thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.